Justin the Clue, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we go through all of the notable Blu-rays and DVDs that are coming out this week. And like every week, weirdly, there's only 10. <laughs> <laughs> Even though there's more than 10 here. Oh, like, right. I think well, we're at the part point where we're like doubling up some of our picks. Well, I think it's that, that go together. when right. there's a label that has something similar, we just put yeah, it together, yeah. and then we don't have to talk about it too much. I like that. It's like 10 plus maybe a little more. Yeah, just 10. <laughs> 10, 12. Listen. You know, you know, when you're talking 13, about something and if you whatever. mention another movie, does it count as being part of your list? I say no, nay. No, yeah. I, I agree. So let's get started right away with The Desk Collector. This is the new release from Culture Shock Releasing. Yeah, and right off the top, we're just going to get into it. It's oh, a it's a blind buy! So, wait, now they're doing Blu-rays? I thought they were DVD only. Yeah, so Culture Shock is an interesting, cool, like, indie label that we deal with directly. Uh, we started getting their stuff last year when it was under the label Verboten Video. Uh, remember when we did our blind buy on Slash Dance, and we also talked about Holy Moly, which is, uh, mm-hmm. which is a great little uh, and so regional I, horror film. I guess they changed their name to Culture Shock? They did. Now it's under this big umbrella that's just Culture Shock, so mm-hmm. it encompasses the previous Verboten releases, and they've got four new releases out this week including their first Blu-ray as far as I know. I don't think they've done any Blu-rays before. No, um, I don't believe they... Oh, they did. They did Split. Oh, that split. was under right. Verboten Video and split. I really like that one. Now, Death Collector, I'm only familiar with by seeing the cover that was like, yeah. it's not cheesy flicks. It was rare flicks. Rare flicks. That's what it was. Yeah. I remember that cover too. I never knew much about this movie, but I always remember that cover and that that just that cheap rare flicks line. Was so, <laughs> oh, terrible. Remember those? So Death Collector, I, I mean, I didn't have a chance to jump in the special features, but I feel it would be very weird because this is a film directed by a guy who I think this is the only fictional feature that he made. He may have other shorts to his name. I look, Yeah, I looked him up briefly, and it didn't seem that there was much there that I recognized. And I went checking to be like, was this made around El Mariachi time? Because it has a very similar plot. It does, it, yeah. It came out before. It did, yeah. 80, so, 88? 88, this one came out. Yeah. And it's like a post-apocalyptic kind of... I mean, kind the post-apocalyptic yeah. happens off-screen and one of them goes to jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But a throwback to um, old-timey westerns, but with that new, you know, uh, leather feel. Yeah, and the 80s even... neon futuristic vibe. And they even start with, like, clips of public domain westerns, just in they case do. you don't get it. <laughs> Very artistic. Yeah, I mean, I thought this had a lot more ambition than I was expecting mm-hmm. from... When I just saw the cover as, you know, as a younger, a younger man and just thought it was some cheapo action movie, which it kind of is. It is a cheapo action movie. It is a cheapo action movie. But the scope of like the story that he's trying to tell is a little more ambitious than I would have expected. Yeah. I mean, there's some fun parts like when one of the characters goes to jail and suddenly they're all wearing like future jail clothes. Yeah. It's very like like running man. Yeah, exactly. But then the best, the funniest part for me is when the jail just closes down. They, yeah, they I just, like that, though. I like that. That's actually a very, like, almost Paul Verhoeven-esque, like... They're like, the stock market idea. crashed, good yeah. luck, you're now Yeah, exactly. Out. They just let all the prisoners free. I mean, the whole plot is a very Paul Verhoeven-esque thing, which is, it's all about, like, insurance, where mm-hmm. they're like, everyone stays in town, because there's an insurance policy, and they're like, yeah. you can't kill me. If you do, the crowds would riot. Yeah, right. And it's like, I don't think it delves 
deep enough into that. That's no. like very um, surface level stuff, but it's yeah. fun. You can tell it's first time filmmakers trying to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, the lead, oh boy. <laughs> very uncharismatic. Very uncharismatic. R.I.P. though, he died very young. Really? I looked him up. He died in 94, so wow. only a few years after this was made at the age of 41. I don't know what of. Um, I think he was in some other stuff, but... I kind of liked his uncharismatic mm. nature. You know, I, I get off on those, like, really <laughs> you wooden. get off. I do. I get off on wooden acting. And, I mean, it's all, like, post-dub, too, right? Mm. Like, or at least it sounded like it. And it's kind of, that's a little wonky. That gives it a, a fun kind of feel to it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's all shot on film. It, it looks fairly nice enough for, like, what this movie is. I, I was a little more impressed with the production level on it than I was expecting, maybe. Oh, I liked its ambition, definitely. Yeah. Oh, it had a much better title because it says your alternate opening oh, yeah. credits uh with the original title tin star void yeah that's cool that's cool that's yeah <laughs> death collector and that's the problem with this movie is like, death collector why is such i a never generic title yeah yeah death collector is just like a thousand other action movies so yeah i mean if everything that we said it's like a late 80s indie attempt at a post-apocalyptic western with no money they keep going back to the no. same locations yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, no money at all i mean there's a few gunfights but you definitely see them try to get around the fact that they can't afford squibs or not that yeah. many and like any gore effects but they try like they there's try. suddenly a martial arts fight in a gravel pit and yeah. guys have like uh, maces and uh, what morning stars yeah. around their that head. Was fun. That was yeah. probably one of my favorite moments. I mean I like the finale was kind of fun too and the mm-hmm. the, this, the villain's lair is kind of like this high rise yes. uh, building. So I don't know it's got some more locations in it that they use you know, to their advantage. But, but I will definitely be diving into the special features. Yeah, it's and packed. it's an easy uh, blind buy recommendation. If everything we says interests you, I mean, why not pick it up? Death Collector, a little label. Listen, this yeah. is like their second Blu ray release. I mean, I love Split. If people haven't seen Split, definitely check that one out. Did you end up watching it? I still got to watch that. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I will, though. I will. But yeah, I mean, these releases are so nice. And they come with slip covers now and everything. Can no. <laughs> Someone recently asked me, he's like, could you do slip covers? I'm like, I can't oh, no. even do press discs. I ain't. Going to the slipcover land, yeah. Look, you get the nice, cool new cover that they've designed, and then the old, like, Rare Flicks VHS label. We also have a whole bunch of other Culture Shock releasing stuff, including Good Night, God Bless, which looks great. Zipper Face, mm, amazing title. Yeah, this one they've been, this one he was, the guy who runs Culture Shock was hyping up to me for a while. It's like an early 90s, like, SOV slasher, mm-hmm. I believe. I uh, haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet, but certainly will. Anthology film called Creep Tales, which was discovered seemingly by, or a champion by one of my favorite magazines, Lunch Meat, which does only oh, cool. VHS stuff. Six Tales of Terror. I've complained about this before, but man, I wish Bay Street had like a little magazine rack with all like shock know, cinema, lunch meat. I'd love to. Uh, you know, people you like soli- people don't buy it. Local magazines mm-hmm. have solicited us for that, and we've. I've been interested, but we just don't like. We don't have a rack or a space for it yet. But I'd love to get that going. I want like how yeah, Suspect used to have like a book it? section. I mean, you guys have at the so front. I mean, we could find room if we really wanted to. I it's mean, just how many? The, people, it's just getting the product in. I was gonna say, how many people look at that wall over there? That has like the books on the uh... <laughs> more than you would expect. Really, the, the Leonard Malton guy yeah. at the front <laughs> and the video hound. He's like, we can't touch People... that. 
Like a lot of our customers are still don't elderly. either have the internet yes. or know how to use the internet. <laughs> okay. IMDB is a foreign concept too, <laughs> to so some that, of our customers. I, that Leonard Maltin guide out of print you know, for years. I know. They don't make them anymore. We used to buy them every single year to update. Now they don't. I think the video hound they still make though. Oh, uh, we love you, uh, Facebook video customers. You're keeping us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in I know. They, they, us. they make one sale a year. So moving on, we also have. What's this? A CanCon classic, Siege, aka Self Defense. I wonder. I was wondering if they were going to go into the Self Defense title because it's been released. I think it's under IMDb under Self Defense. Self, yeah, yeah. Self Defense. Um, I mean, both titles are frankly pretty generic. Generic. Yeah, it doesn't really <laughs> matter. <laughs> yeah. But this is a Canadian classic directed by Paul Donovan, shot in Halifax, and is Canada's answer to Assault on Precinct 13. And I know that Mark did. His patriotic duty and finally I watched did. it, right? Off the seven because, release. Because, yeah, I was meaning to see this for years. There was a employee who worked here years ago who grew up in Halifax and all, said this was like the best movie, best Canadian movie ever. And I've been meaning to see it ever since. Justin screened it years ago and I, you know, shamefully missed that. But I'm glad I finally got to watch it and on this new transfer, which looks stunning. Yeah, it looks like, great. It looks amazing. And I yeah, mean, it is. We showed a new transfer when we showed in theaters I'm sure five you did. years ago I'm as sure well. I'm sure you did. I know. And usually I was so religiously making all your laser blast movies. <laughs> for some reason, I failed on that yep. one. But um, this is truly Canada's answer to Assault on Precinct 13. It has mm-hmm. a very similar vibe. Um, and a similar kind of nastiness, which I really like. Oh, yeah. Especially the first 15 minutes. Yeah, and which are harrowing, I would say. So I should note, too, if people pick this disc up, there's a longer version. Do not watch the longer version until you've seen the shorter version. Because I learned, thanks to the great commentary with Jason Eisner that he does with writer-director Paul Donovan, which I believe only exists because Jason Eisner himself reached out yeah. after the announcement of the disc and said, hey, please, I know Paul, can we do a commentary on this? That those first 15 minutes were shot after the film was completed because a mm. Japanese distributor demanded it be a thir- certain length. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I watched the short. I didn't even mm-hmm. know... I just watched the shorter version. Yeah, because so. that is the yeah. shorter version is the director's cut. Okay, and that's the one that works best because like it starts media res, uh, a bunch of assholes show up at a gay bar, stuff goes wrong, killings happen, and a survivor runs off and just meets our heroes in an apartment and holes up there, which was the apartment of the director and the co-writer, his yeah. girlfriend at the time, uh, which was above a, a porn shop. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep, that's where the movie goes from there. That's a really interesting apartment, too, mm. especially how they've got the two conjoined apartments well, kind of Well, they cut that like hole the in the apartment. I believe it wasn't uh, maybe okay. their apartment and they just cut the hole. They probably did. I think that Paul Donovan says that, like, once it was done, it, like, it was demolished and they built something else there anyway, so. Right. This is set against the real-life Halifax police strike mm-hmm. of 1981, which I didn't realize beforehand, where, you know, if you're not from... Halifax or I wouldn't really know much but yeah the police all went on strike for better wages in 1981 and basically you know there was a lot of looting and violence it's kind of like the purge basically well Paul Donovan says that like that's a bunch of like (laughs) yeah I think it's a little overblown yeah and they use actual news footage Mm -hmm. from that at the beginning of this so I mean listen if you like Assault on Precinct 13 you like Canadian cinema and want to see like genre efforts, you got to pick up Siege. Yeah, you'll love this. Yeah, that's uh, the law. And this is pro- This is definitely one of the better Severin releases of late, uh, too. 
yeah, this is they've done a really good job with this. And next up, we have listen. I am not allowed to speak of this because I am acquainted <laughs> with the filmmaker Seance by writer director Simon Barrett, fan of Gold Ninja Video. Even uh, after I requested a video from him for our telethon, he was nice enough to provide one. Oh wow! And this is his. Um, he did a really funny in joke where he was like, "I'm glad Gold Ninja Video can do remasters of such films as Freaky Farley, Day of the Clown Cried, <laughs> The Farm." <laughs> and if you don't know the farmer, it's like a famous one that Code Red was supposed to put out, yeah. then they canceled it. People are like, "Where's the farmer?" I know. And so Seance is his directorial debut. And didn't it, he direct something before? Nope. I, I believe he, he maybe co-directed something. some shorts, but no oh, okay. features. Okay. And this is the return of Mark's favorite, Dark Castle. I know. Well, that's a big thing for me, uh, and I haven't seen this yet, but I will. But it is, I think, one of the first. I think it's the first appearance of the Dark Castle logo since they kind of went defunct back in what, 2013. Mm. And now they've got the Orphan sequel coming out. Ugh, directed by your favorite. William Brent Bell, Ugh. my man. How did that guy keep making movies? <laughs> he Does he t- wake up in the morning no. and he's like, man, I'm making shit. I think it's like him. There's another guy, uh, Johannes Roberts, you know him? The guy no. does the 47 Meters Down movies. And a bunch oh, of other things. but you know There's what? That directors guy. that are not that good. I've heard him on podcasts. And he movies. seemed pretty passionate about what he does. Yeah, I like him. Do you? I like his. Did you like the strangers uh, I like too? His passion. Yeah. Um, you know what? I haven't seen that yet. Or I gotta it, watch that. Beyond the Door was one of his early ones. Uh, the other side of the, the door. The other side of the door. You yeah. know, I have a soft spot for that movie. Oh, I have do a soft you? Spot for that movie, and I have a soft spot for his like early, like really low budget British stuff. Uh, he did like a black and white one. I remember him talking yeah, about. Yeah, he did. He did a funny like clown one too with uh, Dominique Pignon. But anyway. But uh, I'm like, why aren't those better? Like I, they I should understand. be better. They're not great. I don't. Yeah. I just. I don't know why. But we're talking about Seance yeah. here, and this one is a really fun, low key. A bunch of girls are in a boarding school, so it's like Suspiria esque, mm-hmm. and they do a seance and they think maybe a ghost has come, or maybe it's just a killer. Maybe it's one of us, and it's a murder mystery. Yeah, that's you know, no spoiler. That's pretty much what it is. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> and uh, you know, this one you could definitely feel his influences on his on his sleeve. Did I want it to be crazier? Yes, of course I did. But it does end with some gnarly gore, including a martial arts fight, oh, which wow. I am always for I when it comes out that. of nowhere. Yeah, yes, yes. And I there's like not Jackie that. style gags, like someone uses like their collar yeah, and they're yeah. like throwing stuff. Cool. There's actually some like a decent amount of special features. Oh no, on this yeah. Disc it too. seems like Simon like went out of his way because I mean this is RLJE. So yeah. usually they're just like, here's the movie. Yeah, it's one of their like shutter releases, which are usually very bare bones. Bare bones. Yeah. yeah. So Simon clearly came in and was like, I want to do a director's commentary. I don't I want to do behind the scenes, those outtakes, deleted scenes, previs. Uh he even starts the commentary with being like, Yeah, I love audio commentary, so I'm gonna try to do my best to do a really good one. Cool. So I check out Seance. I definitely will. Moving on, we're into box set land. Oh, there's yeah, so many. I know. <laughs> it wouldn't be a, you know, an arrow week without some box sets. And so we have the Daimajin Trilogy as well as Vengeance Trails for classic westerns. So I've actually never seen the Daimajin films. Oh, weird. I thought this would have been right up your alley. Eh, reason. the monster doesn't yeah. look that cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If it was like a big lizard or something, I'd be like, yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's lizards or what? Does yeah. It for you. But no, it's a big stone man. No, any kind of animal, giant monster. I'm like, I'm all there, especially if it's reptilian, giant gorillas. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Frankenstein's and Frankenstein Conquers the World, I could give or take. But yeah. there's a giant lizard in that one. 
done. Okay. So, but not in War of the Gargantua. Uh, listen, we have here, it is a series that, it's been considered in the public domain because everybody yeah. and their brother put it out. Well, Mill Creek had, a, yeah. had the first Blu-ray release. I know that Retromedia, Freddle and Ray's ago, company, yeah. also put out a copy. Yeah. And finally, you know, Arrow's coming in. I feel like Arrow has suddenly gone, hey, Stuff that has been considered kind of in the public domain, we're stepping in and we're doing it. Yeah. And we're going to do it as good. Because they also did it with, um, what is it, Outer Space 1, the big star man? Yeah, Warning from Space. Warning from yeah, Space, which yeah. had those shitty public domain releases. <laughs> Nobody could see me. Yeah. I was mining I being a giant star. <laughs> I mean, that was a good impression of <laughs> yeah. how they actually move, those guys in the suits. And yeah, this is like the best edition you could get of this movie. A giant statue comes to life. Uh, three movies shot back to back, I yeah. believe. <laughs> oh yeah! Now people love these movies. This has been selling very well, very very well. And we also have listen. I know that uh, at a certain level, it's like, hey, hey we're gonna get people to buy all these movies that are pretty much unrelated to each other, <laughs> yeah. other than the fact that they're spaghetti westerns. But eh, finally, in God's at the Cane in a high def transfer, I'm there as well as. Wait, did Massacre Time? It's on this box set. Did it get a Blu-ray release? The Lucho Fulci mm. movie. I don't think it did. I okay. think this is the first time, but you know that title is also fairly generic. And kind of. we also have Banditos, which is one uh, I haven't seen, but it's actually directed by a cinematographer mm-hmm. who turned director that I really like. And like every Arrow box set, they don't just throw the movies on and they're like, oh, here's some special features on the first one. Yeah. And then there's three other movies. They're like, oh, no, we're going to treat all these like special editions, probably because they're going to single disc release them later down the line. They definitely will. Yeah. Or they'll re-release it without the book first mm-hmm. as a set, and then they'll maybe do Do you think they'll edition. do that? Do you think they'll release it without the book? They've been doing it for, they did it with the Sukamoto set, they did it with, I mean, the Gamera set, they kind of repackaged and split Gamera? Up. I've never heard it said that way. Gamera? Gamera? Yeah. It's clearly, you know. Finally, how, I can Clearly, you know how little I know about it. Someone corrected, thing. they're like, it's not, <laughs> what are they saying, Kaiju, Keiju? I think I was saying Keiju, they're like, it's Kaiju. Oh, and I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. Yikes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I definitely picked up both of those. I'm like, ah, my wallet, both on the same week. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> cool 100 bucks for both of these but i mean you're getting quality every time oh yeah like you're gonna get as good as you can get speaking of quality we're moving into mm, well this hurts your forte this, here well, yeah, wow, yeah. yeah this, it, this it is my forte this, this really hurts yeah. <laughs> alien from la coming to blu-ray a film directed by albert pion your man uh, i can't wait to listen to the commentary i wait a minute yeah no commentary <laughs> off of this by me no no one reached out is there commentary there's on not it at all? there's oh. none <laughs> yeah you were telling me that i wonder if that's like let me make excuses for vinegar syndrome no it's just a canon production because sometimes the uh companies like i know that the people who made cyborg are very uh strict about like what can be said about their movies but i don't think so or maybe they're just like it's weird that there's no commentary because i would have thought that like cat would have done a commentary or someone would have and would have had something to say but nope well, uh, this is a real shame because Justin is the Albert Pion mastermind here. Mm-hmm. People know, were very wrote nice. A book and everything, and that's still not enough to get a commentary <laughs> gig, apparently. Listen, I'm the there's a doc coming out. I'm a talking head throughout all yeah, of it. Yeah, right. Yep. I mean, I don't know when that doc's coming out. I hope yeah, it does. I, know. I was all over the trailer. <laughs> a while ago, right? But yeah, so this movie, it's weird that uh, they would go for this one as like their first Albert Pion release, but I guess they have the rights to it. It's not very well liked. It's a famous Mystery Science Theater 2000 episode, and I've never seen it. Okay. And it's about a, um, a model, Kathy Ireland, who 
uh, Albert Pyrrhon asked to do a very high-pitched voice the entire time. <laughs> in his words, it was because he wanted her to seem more childlike. Okay. To most people who see it, it's just very annoying. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. And it's about her going to like an underground city that she finds, essentially. And that city, does it look exactly like Terry Gilliam's Brazil? It does. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Lots of fun to be Where's had. Where's his influences on his sleeve? Um, and, you know, there's an interview with Albert on this, an interview with the actor Tom Matthews, who was in a bunch of Albert Pugh films and who said I could interview him but then didn't respond to my uh, messages ah. afterwards. And an audio interview with the actress Linda Carriage. I feel like I'm saying that name wrong, which is not the name... Uh, which is not the star, but she did appear in a bunch of movies, including Surf 2. Which, mm. wait, is this on our pile that we have here? It might be. It might be. Oh, well, we can jump right to well, that. why don't we just go right into that? Surf We're on two. Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, I guess it's fun. <laughs> so I bought this uh, during the Vinegar Syndrome sale because wow. I'm a sucker for surfing movies. I love surfing movies. Really? I just find something really uh, therapeutic about watching surf footage. I mean, obviously, this is a comedy. Have but, you yeah. ever surfed? Never, never. Oh, yeah, I'd we love talk to, about it. I'd love to. What do we need to take up again? Uh, <laughs> Kiteboarding? Kiteboarding, kite that's yeah. right, yeah. Kiteboarding and then surfing. So someone told me recently, I made a joke about swimming in Lake Ontario. They're like, you never swim in Lake Ontario. Yeah. I was like, but I swim in Lake Ontario all the time. Well, you do. I guess it's certain areas. Of yeah, Lake but like Ontario beaches. I'm not you... jumping in the water from No, like you don't want to jump like, yeah. yeah, from the Toronto, mm -hmm. you know, uh, harbor front. No, well, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's you just gross. look at that and <laughs> you're like, ugh. But there's beaches uh, along the edge that there people are, are always yeah, swimming at. And they tell you if it's safe or not. So Surf 2 stars. Also, it stars your man, Eric Stoltz. And it stars my man, Eric Stoltz. So, yeah, I was very excited to buy this. I just love the artwork. I'm like, this is great. I love movies that claim to be a sequel when mm. they're not really. It just had everything going for it. I hadn't really heard about it before, though. You don't know it as far as an Eddie Deason fan, number one? Yeah, I know. I honestly had to refresh my memory as to who Eddie Deason even was. <laughs> what I know, the hell? Greece, I'm, what? Not, I'm not a Grease guy. I'm sorry. Canceled. I'm sorry. No, it's not about Grease. He was Fred Olin Ray's man. He started uh, Beverly Hills Vamp. He starred I'm not a Fredo Olin Ray aficionado. I'm Eddie Deason, he's the nerd yeah. of the 80s. Mark. I know, I he's know. A nerd hey, of the look, 80s. I familiarized myself with him when I was watching it. Did you? Um, I did, I did. He's in, I was uh, like, oh, yeah, that guy. He's in Steven guy. Spielberg's 1941. Never seen it. Oh, that's a, he's a, he plays a ventriloquist who gets trapped on a Ferris wheel as a guy. Okay, okay. And Spielberg was like, I found Deason so funny, and the guy who's trapped <laughs> on the Ferris wheel hated him as much as his character hated him in the yeah, movie. Well, I found him pretty irritating in this movie, to be honest. What but, are you I mean, talking about, Mark? He's supposed to be. I mean, oh, he's yeah, like, he was recently canceled, it, too. So. Oh, was he? Yeah, I look even... at it up online. I will, points. I will. Um, but yeah, this movie is, you know, a beloved comedy, I think, in some, <laughs> in some circles. Around, right? like, I don't know. I thought it was fine. I, people like this, apparently. I don't know. They keep saying it like uh, was an influence on one of the biggest TV animated TV shows. Is that like The Simpsons? Did I don't know. Inspire The Simpsons or something? I don't know. I yeah. didn't get a chance to watch the special features. but Really? It says an animated... What? Yeah, on the back, it's like it might be the inspiration for one of the biggest animated shows of our time or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, but uh, it is very very much like a spoof type movie. Mm. It's one of those like, you know, almost. Yeah, it's one of those spoof you know, type movies, spoof but movie, running at like one third speed. It is, yeah. I mean, it has, the plot itself is something I enjoy where there's like a surf contest coming mm. up, the training for that. You know, like People are being turned into thing. zombies. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot going on and then a lot of mashing of genres. And I would say for the first half hour, I was into it. I thought it was like mm -hmm. fun and hip. And then I kind of started to get <laughs> fun and tired hip. of yeah. it. I don't know. You know it, just, it, it starts to do the same sort of thing. You know what it feels like? 
like it's again. a Jerry Lewis comedy. It There's is, even yeah. like big flourishes. <laughs> like everyone talks about like the split sets that they built, where it's like two mm. scenes running back to back. That's I really the best like part. that yeah. though. That's that is definitely the best part of it. I wish the rest of the movie had that level of like inspiration to it. And so Surf Two is finally out on Blu-ray in a big two disc special edition. Is, Did you yeah. watch the director's cut? So I watched the director's cut. I didn't know what cut to watch. So the director's like, cut has a lot more yeah. surfing in it, so. which I like. Yeah, I liked the surf footage. Yeah, <laughs> it was soothing to me. Um, and there's also like a new commentary, a big giant uh, feature length making of, yeah. a new booklet featuring the writings of the uh, sadly departed Mike McPadden, who uh, loved this movie, wrote a lot about it mm -hmm. in um, some of the books that he made. So, you know, if you have an interest in Surf 2, yeah. check it out. And I guess the director, Randall Badat, that was it. That was the only thing he did. Anything yeah. else, right? I think Which he has some co-writing like credits. Put everything into this movie, and that's... I feel like there's like a movie I remember seeing, and I was like, "Oh, Mark's probably a fan of that one." I'm sure you looked it up. Yeah, right? I looked him up, but I, I honestly nothing stood out. It was like a '90s erotic thriller. Yeah, or something. that's what he was getting into. And you know what? I got to say though, Eric Stoltz is like a stoner surfer guy. So funny, perfect casting. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was the best actor in it. Eric Stoltz not interviewed on this disc. <laughs> yeah, Come ridiculous. on, Stoltz, what are you like, busy? Like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, and Terry Kaiser's in this, who is you know, oh, I love my Terry man, Kaiser. Terry Kaiser. I love him. Don't put him in a blazer, though. Listen, he doesn't want to throw <laughs> no, back to his favorite two characters, no. Bernie from Weekend of Bernie's. <laughs> so moving on to true discoveries from Gerstner. See, this is the cheat Mark was talking about. Is yeah. that there's a bunch of vinegar. Technically not. This is an well, Agfa bleeding Agfa, skull. But yeah. Vinegar Syndrome mm. distributes them now. So uh, Treasure of the Ninja is, I guess, their discovery, which is a... Um, fellow in the 80s who was making his own martial arts films shot on Super 8 and this take uh, brings together Treasure of the Ninja like probably his longest ones mm -hmm. and like another feature film and a bunch of his shorts as well and this is great this is like this is really cool yeah. super enthusiastic like they have enough skill to make it interesting it's also weird enough and it moves fast enough that like a fight scene every like three minutes. So nice. So you watch these ones? Yes, yeah, I watched the first cool. one, Treasure of the Ninja. Super enjoyed it. There's also commentary with the filmmaker, as well as like the other shorts that he made. This is the kind of stuff I love that Agfa is picking up the torch. And yeah, doing. this is super cool. It reminds me of like a just looking at it, like a Deadly Art of Survival. Kind mm, of, that's kind exactly of vibe. what uh, I would say. And it's a little bit slicker than Deadly cool, Art of cool. Survival. And I yeah. love that. So I, I definitely want to check this out. Uh, yeah, this William Lee guy looks. Super cool. Yep. So if you like that kind of like homebrewed, especially like old timey, uh, old timey, that makes it sound like yeah, the 1920s. <laughs> well, it was like 40 years ago. Yeah. Martial arts made by just passionate fans. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Love what Agfas and Bleeding Skull are doing here. Uh, speaking of, I guess, you know, shot on video stuff, uh, Vinegar Syndrome has another sub label. Uh, yeah, what's this one called? Saturn's Core. Right. And one they of released their many a documentary on, I mean, they have like 30 so now. I cannot now. follow. I can't keep them straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said before, it's nice because they have so yeah. many releases. I'm like, well, I don't need to get all these. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that one really interests me. But these other ones, because yeah. like if there was like five, I'd be like, I guess I'll get them all because yeah. that's all it is. There's, there's way so more many. than that now. Yeah. <laughs> but have you? Not seen Mail Order Murder? This Not seems yet, right up but your But I mean, alley. we talked at length about Wave Productions. Oh, did we? Well, when we did Limbo, Tina Krause's Limbo, right? right? That's right. Because on that disc, uh, there were a bunch of special features about mm. Wave. They even included uh, like a half hour Wave film, which mm. I watched and thought was a lot of fun. And I went down that whole rabbit this hole. This one has another Wave film on it. Now they've done a documentary about it. So well, I do want to see it. They didn't do a documentary. It. This is an indie doc, I right. feel. No, like it's that. about it, right? It's been in production for a long time. Yeah. And I would see, I would say that you feel. 
it's kind of low budget doc nature. Mm-hmm. This the doc has no music, oh, and okay. I found it. Sh- I'm like, okay. oh man, I don't know. The last time I saw a doc was n- like nothing. Yeah, no music at all, which feels very like empty. Lots of great talking heads. For those who don't know, who didn't listen to our episode <laughs> yeah. before and don't know what wave production. Check are, out uh, episode number. I don't know. Yeah, Nuff whatever. Said. Uh, yeah. You can basically, you know, wave productions. You can call them up or email them, and basically, and they still do it. You can get them to make a movie for you. Well, like a fetish movie for you. you can, <laughs> like, they can, they'll do you whatever can, you they'll want. They'll do whatever yeah. you want. They'll yeah. just make a movie. Mostly it's like fetish or like violent horror type stuff. But not that violent. Not that Within violent. Within their means, mo- I feel. They'll yeah. do nudity. I don't think they do sex scenes. No, they definitely don't do anything. Like, they don't do like faux snuff yeah. stuff or whatever. Like, they do have like disclaimers on their site being like, we do have limits. All right. I think know. one of the most famous ones is like a woman gets fondled by a mummy in a basement <laughs> or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Was yeah, one they're one always one. usually erotically tinged. But what's great about this is just like a portrait of everybody that was involved in uh, Wave Productions, including the owner, who's just like a normal guy who wanted to make movies, yeah. including all the women, because those are mostly like the people True. who were in the... In- Tina Krauss gets interviewed in this. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a very great. pleasant doc. Like, everybody loves making Wave films. There's no horror well, stories or anything. That's so. And that's why I like have a lot of love for it, because it always seemed like everybody just had a good time making mm-hmm. these movies. Like, this is a really great endeavor, I think. And so you get an audio commentary with the director you get a uh, oh I love this cable access appearances that mm. they did in, including yeah, a wave production and I think that uh, Saturn's core recently announced that they're also releasing a wave film no on way. blu-ray yeah so well, I'm gonna have to pick this up then because yeah I, I'm was really fascinated about it when I first looked into it, and I'd love to know more. And this looks like another, you know, great place to start. So this movie that Mark put on the desk, I am ashamed. Ashamed I've never seen. Are you never seen I've Sniper? never seen Sniper. <laughs> even though, you know why? Me and my friends, right before the pandemic hit, yeah. said we were going to do a Sniper-thon. We were going to oh, watch man, all the so Sniper now, Grant, I've only seen the first Sniper. I've never seen any well, of, like, the ten Looking at it, they do what I love, which is keep bringing characters back. We're they like, do. He's back. Like, Billy well, Zane's Billy Zane back. and Tom Berenger yeah. have both come back. Uh, I mm-hmm. think the most recent one, they're both back. Um, you know, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even that big a fan of Sniper. Are like, you 37.95 okay. a fan Ooh, of Sniper? No thanks. <laughs> I mean, I Sniper's one of those movies like you, I saw a bunch on cable when I was a kid. You know, and just like I, I just have memories of it from when I was a kid. But like, is it that good of a movie? I think I rewatched it again maybe like five years or mm-hmm. so ago, and I was thinking about doing like a Sniperathon. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, this doesn't actually hold up as well as I thought it would. But you know. You've got Billy Zane and Tom Berenger in here. How can you go wrong with that I mean, combo? you can go very wrong. <laughs> I mean, you can go very wrong. I'm very excited that. for, like, Tom Berenger, like, comes back. His son becomes the star of the series. Well, the thing is, I feel like maybe, and what my issue was, it, and what you maybe won't like about the first mm. one, is it's very straight-faced and oh, not. Oh, no. It's very, it takes itself very serious. I feel like the sequels get sillier. Yeah, because I've seen like trailers for the sequels, yeah. and they're wild. Didn't Craig R. Baxley direct one of them? Yeah, I think yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. But this one is very much trying trying to be like an almost like platoon-esque Boo. kind of like war, you Boo. know, they're trying to go. So I remember when I was re-watching, I was like, this isn't as fun as I remember mm. it being, you know, but it's got its moments. It's directed by Luis Loza, who made, uh, you know, made a few films in the 90s like Anaconda, which is a personal favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. He did Fire on the Amazon, which is a hilarious early Sandra Bullock movie. It was like a Roger Corman production. Bullock? Really Isn't funny. it Bullock? 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 Bullock. 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 Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Indiana That's what Jones. I'm, yeah. <laughs> um, it belongs in yeah. the <laughs> But yeah, Sniper was one of his biggest films, I guess, along with Anaconda. And I don't know, he's got a feel for that sort of like jungle action thing because all, fi- all of his movies in the 90s he's were got like a feel jungly like, That's action all like, horror let me make. stuff yeah 
Um, but yeah, Sniper has never been on Blu-ray before now. This is the first time. Wow. So, shocked. And it's a, yeah, cool 3795 Sony <laughs> MOD. No spec. Oh, it's got a theatrical trailer. That's, <laughs> yes. That's all you get. That's yep. all you get. No Billy Zane interview. Well, wow, Billy. Are you busy, Billy? What's going on? Yeah, with Billy and Tom, they're coming back for the new one. They can't get them to do a comedy. I mean, they've come back. That came out like a year That's ago. True. That's true. I don't think. Did you guys get copies of the Sniper, like, no, Resurrection? Or I don't think we have any of the Sniper movies past the first one, frankly. Oh, you don't have any I of the know. good ones, eh? We don't have any of the good ones. I feel like there's a box set. Or there is. by box set, I mean just like think, a, like one that is like No, I think uh, recently on my pre-order list, I didn't bring it in because these things don't usually do well. But they did release like a sniper like 15 movie set. Did or you uh, sell any copies of Sniper on Blu-ray? One. So one. Far. Okay. One big one. And you can't return those, right? Because they're MOTs. <laughs> Please buy them. Come on. Billy Z- Zane heads out there. Yeah, we're the Baron Bros. <laughs> yeah, Baron Bros. Baron Bros. Bros. And so Zane moving heads. on, we have Brotherhood of the Wolf from Shout Factory. And this is a favorite of mine. I really like it. Uh, Christopher Gaunt, super fun. Mark DeCascos, big French giallo, martial arts, monster movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it ever came to Blu-ray no, in the States. This is the first time, yeah. North there America? was a big like three-disc DVD set. Canadian only, was, I think. Canadian only, yeah, yeah. I have that. But no, it's the first time on Blu-ray. And I don't think they did anything new, which really bums me out. Yeah, I did read some reviews of it, and a lot of them were kind of... They were. They thought the transfer was mm-hmm. great, but they were a little negative on the lack of special features. I mean, I think it just ports over. No, but there's a lot. There's two yeah. feature lengths making ofs. Yeah. But it's weird that they didn't get like gone to sit down for like a 30 minute interview or something because mm-hmm. I know he was involved. But they did the same thing on the Silent Hill release. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have like, and it's weird that there's like there's like three commentary tracks that are on the uh, French DVD. Why don't they bring those over? Yeah, I don't know what happened. They there. did the it same thing with a, Silent Hill too, and those must were be a like rights issue. Or yeah, something. it's got to be a rights issue with whatever the DVD or Blu-ray distributor was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you like Brother of the Wolf, check it out. I will admit. Not a huge. We talked about it already. Fan about we talked movie. about it. Yeah, already. I don't I know. It's, it's okay. I, I I I like it. I just don't love it. But you know what? Maybe I need to give it another chance. Maybe it's been you a while. were fooled by the. Uh, it's like the Matrix in the whatever I know, century. I was because yeah. I remember as a kid being like, I have to see this because it's like the Matrix, and <laughs> yeah. then watching it and I'm like, this isn't like the Matrix. <laughs> Matrix <laughs> like, it's got some slow mo scenes. So moving on, we have another uh, oddity. It's Dementia Part Two. Now, if people have not and heard another it, movie that's a fake sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, not technically, not technically, because there is a dementia, and it's from the same director as it well. Is, and it's a terrible movie. Okay, so let's I'm talk sorry, about dementia right off the bat. Uh, so I've never seen dementia. It's so dementia came out five or six years mm-hmm. ago. Show Factory actually yeah. put it out, and it stars a good actor. I can't remember his name, but he's the guy in the convenience store in No Country for Old Men that goes back and forth with. Ron, I don't remember that yeah. character, that like coin mm-hmm. flipping thing. Uh, and he plays an old man with dementia, and he starts to think his like nurse is like trying to kill him. Trying to kill him. It's one of those kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Great premise. I uh, just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so now we've got Dementia Part 2. Which was done on a bet, and I believe the deal was, like, it'll play at our film festival if you finish it in the next five weeks. So that yeah. means writing it, shooting it, editing it, all in five weeks. Yeah. Watching the movie, you can tell. Okay. It's like 67 minutes long. It ends very abruptly. Okay. And so... Like you and being said that Brotherhood of the Wolf was like the Matrix, 
I was fooled by the fact that people were like, this movie's so crazy. They went completely yeah. off the wall. Not really. No. no. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to big it up like that on the mm-hmm. back and everything. Like, you see on the back, there's a shot of the woman who has dementia, who's very funny in this movie. Okay. And it's like an actor that's been working for like 30 years, but only in like bit parts. Yeah, and then suddenly yeah. she gets her main role. And Yeah, which was kind of like the yeah. first dementia, actually. And so I'm like, oh, actor. yeah, this is good. And it also stars the co-director of the film. And Mike Tesson, the film looks great because he's actually a cinema photographer that's oh, okay. like his main interesting he like, one of those guys that you look at he's like oh he works on every la like indie production uh, he has okay, seven credits cool, cool. like he shot bliss he shot oh, vfw right. so he's like joe bagos's guy now and it does have some like really very specific elements that i liked like the fact that um the woman so basically the plot is guy who's on parole has to go do a job to get paper signed so he doesn't get thrown back in jail right he goes to the house the woman basically has dementia and he it's like a back and forth and like there's a plot element that literally gets introduced in the last 10 minutes <laughs> where it's like we have to get her money but it's like so quick and done so fast okay but there's some specific things like i mean dementia is not funny it happens to a lot of people yes but they push it, it into like a level of surrealism where she's like my husband used to be a um a mountie and she has like photos of him as a mountie around <laughs> yeah. and like the guy hallucinates being a mountie and stuff like that the, he finds a typewriter that's like i tried to kill my wife today and if you read at the bottom it says oh canada our uh, home native <laughs> land. Okay. So that stuff is funny. Fun yeah. yeah. Or um, like at one point she shows the guy the room where uh, she's like, this used to be my husband's room. We all had secrets. And she waves and there's just like machine guns in the corner. That's like a Zucker style gag that okay, I like. Okay. Not enough of that. Yeah. Okay. So is it really gory at all? I, Not I thought, really. I, I thought I heard people talking That's about it. That's what I heard too. That's like, it's so like... gory. Other than the shot of the woman like yeah. eating guts yeah, and then she stabs the that. guy. That's pretty much as gory as it gets. Okay. As well as some like K-Lime, uh, what is it? Not K-Lime. It's something else. K-Y jelly. K-Y, yeah. Like on people's faces. Like right, it starts right. with the guy like waking up on the couch and like KY jelly like goes uh, okay, up and I'm like ah okay. oh, yeah here we go but then it just it never reaches that height because of course they probably shot it in like a couple days yeah, I would like, say so yeah it was like five weeks from so for Genesis. what it is I thought I was impressed as like okay. a dare film and I'm excited to jump into the special features where they get into like how it came about I mean yeah. how can it be gory because they're shooting in a big house probably someone they know and you know they could not splatter blood anywhere yeah it's one of those things where it's like okay it's clear you couldn't splatter blood mm-hmm. someone's house that stuff gets everywhere especially if you have no time to pull it off but yeah I found it it's very charming and yeah. there's a making of on this there's a conversation with the composer which has a really good score yeah there's a very there's a lot of like David Lynchy style like almost Guy Madden-esque moments okay. at times so yeah I'm intrigued I am intrigued but let's end with the let's best end for on last. a good note right here oh my god wow this cover's all shiny it catches <laughs> your eye probably when you're walking through the Mar- Walmart woo 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 <laughs> I know when oh, you're wait. stealing it from Walmart it's, no 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 this is the sound uh, of Willis Walsh Willis Walsh <laughs> and when you're stealing it from Walmart. No, no. What would the sound of like rubbing his bald head sound like? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's Willis Walsh. Yeah. Well, since he's just a wax dummy now. Right? <laughs> oh it would my just, God. Like, it would like, just... Look at this cover. How is this not his, the Bruce Willis honestly, wax this is, dummy? This is probably one of my favorite of his like new covers from the uh, from the direct videos. <laughs> he looks so wax dummy like like you look at his hand and, and you and expect Meg- it to be just like a fist because they didn't I do know. the fingers and megan fox too also looks yes. like a wax dummy on this so what is this movie this is midnight in the switchgrass yeah new bruce willis great movie. title great title uh, i will say that bruce willis is only in like 
maximum like eight minutes of he's this right movie. At the front of the and car. he sits he sits in a car. He sits in the passenger seat of a car for most of his scenes. So at least there's <laughs> other stars that will not offend our Emil Hirsch. And even better, Emil not only is Emil Hirsch in this movie, he plays a cop who's like the only cop who's concerned for women's rights basically and the uh no yeah, way yeah. so basically it's a serial killer movie it takes place in florida there's a serial killer played by another great actor lucas haas oh you like lucas in a haas. bad southern accent i was recently looking actually the director of dementia 2 yeah. just made a lucas haas movie no way yes he well, did lucas haas shows up a lot in a lot of different things uh but here he's a serial killer mm. with a really bad i thought Emil hirsch was a serial killer no no Emil hirsch is the cop okay he's like a good know, man fighting for for <laughs> yeah, women's yeah, rights yeah. in this and fighting for these women who are like neglected by the rest of the police force. wait who directed this i see director's commentary so, yeah this is directed by randall emmett who is the producer of most of these bruce of cosmic sin and stuff like that no actually he didn't do that one okay. he produces most of these movies uh he produces he goes back to like the wicker man mm-hmm. even with nicholas cage anyways he's kind of blown up a bit he's also on vanderpump rules uh, oh i think we talked about that he's, you know yeah. His girl, his much younger girlfriend, mm. is a cast member on that show, and there was a big article that Vulture did earlier this year about his whole career. He basically like, he kind of like launders money through his film production. Of and course, stuff. And yeah, like, that makes sense. He's just super shady. Apparently, he's like one of the worst producers in Hollywood. But he cranks out these Bruce Willis or Nick Cage or John Travolta. But he cares. Movies. He did director's commentary. He did. This is his directorial debut. That's why, and it is terrible so and I mean bad. all these movies are terrible but this one is especially terrible mm-hmm. because it's trying to be like a true detective type thing <laughs> he's really trying to go for that southern gothic yeah. true detective serial killer vibe and it's just so lame and Megan Fox you know I really don't mind Megan Fox I'm glad I think, Megan Fox is I working I like Megan Fox and she's supposed to be playing this like badass um, cop lady mm-hmm. cop in it they do her character so dirty in this though. I won't, <laughs> really? I won't spoil it, but she basically spends most of the movie like captured and like tied up. No! While Emil Hirsch has to come save her. So. so I guess this doesn't get the Willish Watt uh, I mean, seal of approval. It got, it's got some bad movie fun in it. Um, uh, it also stars Machine Gun Kelly, who uh, <laughs> Megan Fox met and is now dating. After. Really? And funnily enough, uh, her and Machine Gun Kelly have refused to do any press for this movie. So I think there was some sort of rift between Ooh, her and Randall yeah. in it. Because so, I think Rose the lion mm. movie he produced that okay. i believe i might be wrong yeah. but i think she, he did that so they've worked together in the past well, All that's right. it that's our that's our we bi- end on a high <laughs> bi-yearly bi-annually yeah, bi-annually there's like one every month one every month yeah, yeah monthly Four, five a year watch. Now. Yeah. yeah all right so that's it for the bay street video podcast come in they're open yeah we are seven <laughs> people at a time so uh, until next week my name is justin glue and i'm mark hansen keep on buying and keep on renting He rented sequels that aren't actually sequels. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Do you know how many people have asked, like, where the first dementia really surf movie? No. (laughs) People have asked. Surf 2 had a surf. Surf 2 had a much better title before it was like Zom Dead or something like that. Which is cool. Or Brain Dead. Yeah, so they should have gone with that. I like Surf 2, though. It's got a nice ring to it. I wish Dementia 2 had like a subtitle, like the revenge of like the character from the previous film or something like that. They should have brought that character back. (laughs) Although I'm trying to remember if he died in it or not. Yeah, but he's probably twin brother. Twin brother. Also, dementia. Genetics.